0: This is Jeff Chrisman, and I'm here this afternoon with Heather Duncan, the Executive Director of Living Arts, and also Sina McLenn, the Arts and Communications Manager, Arts and Communications Director, I'm sorry. Thank you all so much for taking the time today, and what I wanted to do was really connect with you all uh, during this time that I know we all have been experiencing, and what I thought it would be uh, helpful for folks to hear from you all in terms of what this time has been for you all, not only on a professional level in terms of Living Arts and how you, how the organization is operating, but also to connect with you all on a human level in terms of how this is you know how this has affected you as well. So I thought I would start with uh, Heather, with you, and maybe just hear a little bit about what this time has been like. Any reflections that you might have, and then talking a little bit about how Living Arts of Tulsa is moving forward.
1: Sure, sure, sure. Well. Um I guess I sh- should start out I f- I feel very lucky and very blessed um cuz I'm healthy and my um boys and my daughter are home with me and my husband who um travels for work is here so um it is weird to say the least but um we kind of just go up and down with the flow of information from the media, and we're trying to stay as dialed in, um, mainly at this point, because it's kind of overwhelming, we're trying to stay dialed in um, regarding our own responsibilities and obligations um, during the pandemic, and just make sure that we're as prepared as we can be. But um, at this point, I'm the oldest of 11 children. My siblings are all spread out. My parents are in Bartlesville. Um, So that, you know, large family unit, they are all safe. Um, We did get some bad news. I have um, had a wonderful aunt. Um, She was in an assisted living home in Denver, and we did lose her um, over the weekend. So um, that was very sad. But we also are taking time this week to celebrate, you know, her amazing life. She was also a very creative, beautiful Um, just happy person so we are celebrating that right now and really supporting my dad but I feel lucky and blessed I guess reflecting I've learned a lot um, about technology Um, Sina and Jessica um, have spent a lot of time over the last six months really teaching me about the devices and tools I already had in my life how to be more efficient from a work perspective and so I'm very grateful for them Um, and just really for technology in general. My kids are in school at home. My husband's working from home, so it is a zoo in itself, but um, all in all, I can't help but say that I'm grateful for these learnings and grateful for this time with my immediate core unit family, and also grateful for my work relationships. So, Sina, I'll let you update everybody on what you've been up to.
2: Yeah, I mean, I definitely, most of my job is online. So even when I'm at the gallery, I definitely talk to anyone that comes into the gallery, but i pretty much just have my laptop and my phone with me all day, every day. And I post on Instagram and Facebook. I, you know, scan and process all the stuff for living Arts. So in terms of adjusting to not being physically at the gallery, it hasn't been that big of an adjustment for me just because, you know, Heather, like, called me and was like, oh, look, do you have everything you need? And I was like, yeah, I have my laptop. Like, I'm good. <laughs> but it's definitely strange, like, not doing gallery hours and, you know, getting to talk to people that are coming in. So I definitely miss that aspect of it a lot. I really enjoy interacting with people face to face. So it's definitely been fun. You know, interacting with people more online, like direct messaging with people, interacting through comments and videos and tags. Like, it's just a different mindset when it comes to interaction. And I will I'm looking forward to when we can go back to, you know, being in the gallery space. But right now, I think that we've adjusted pretty well.
0: That's great. I appreciate you all sharing that uh, in terms of what that's felt like, you know, for each of you. And then I thought what uh, I would transition to is maybe talking a little bit about, you know, once this occurred and it became apparent that, you know, that the, the, the way the gallery and the organization has nor- normally operates had to change, I thought it would be really interesting just to hear maybe in terms of what you all were talking about and thinking about in those moments, and then maybe hear a little more about Flip Gallery as far as how that came into being and what the thought process is behind that as far as keeping us staying engaged with members and with the public at large. So
1: we are pretty lucky. Um, Our staff is very resourceful, and I I can't help but come back to the word um, plucky as far as kind of all hands on deck, willing to do anything to support not only the program, but each other as a team. So just quickly to update everybody on the staff. So we have retained our, you know, core staff. And one reason we've been able to do that is because we're a tiny team. You know, we have um, Sina, Jessica and Chris, and they are really um, the infrastructure of the organization and we, um, because my husband travels in the way we were working before, we already had, I think, a pretty great system for prioritizing our time, our face time when we were all in the building together, and then also supporting one another to re- work remotely. You know, Jessica works um, for the food bank as well through an AmeriCorps. Um, position. Um, Chris also um, is very dedicated to living arts and that's his priority but he is an artist and has a lot of things going on and then I basically have been a single parent you know during the week while my husband commutes to Dallas so we I think even with very limited means had worked together as a team for the past six months to basically create a system where we could run the gallery and support it with all the new initiatives we were trying to pull together Um, and not necessarily have to be in the building, you know, 40 hours a week all at the same time. That just wasn't realistic. And frankly, that's not what living arts needed from us. And I'm so grateful for the team that they are so resourceful because we basically made the decision to close and go remote within, I mean, really 24 hours, you know, like March 13th was such a critical day because that's when things I think got really serious for on our end of the communication stream, like the information we were getting, we had already taken precautions in the building for our guests but that was a, that. was a turning point for us as a team that we realized that things were not going to be the same for a while. Things were going to be business as usual. We had an exhibition up in the gallery. We had one that was supposed to be coming up in the following week. Um, we had travel planned, you know, for different members of our team. And... It was a very easy phone call that we had to make where we basically said, what do we need as individuals in order to be safe and successful, you know, personally in our personal lives. And then how can we accomplish that quickly and support the gallery. So we took the precautions we needed to internally Chris really took the lead with the facility. Um, Jessica reached out to the artists that we were engaging with in the immediate and then the near future. And then Sina went to work on a communication plan to keep our community informed. And also um, we just really started working on this plan to keep them engaged. Cause not only did we know that our community would need to be engaged, we knew we needed it. You know, that was part of our normal was being committed to the mission in the program of living arts and we knew we were gonna need it, frankly, because we had worked so hard on some of these things that were coming up soon. And we weren't gonna let that all, you know, fall to the wayside. So some things were out of our control. You know, Mayfest was a huge commitment that we had made in May with our gallery and our time and our resources. And um, that obviously wasn't gonna happen. We got that news very quickly. And so really through a few late night texts on our team thread, we realized that we could put together a plan for Flip the Gallery. And Cena came up with the name and very quickly, and it just, it happened in such a, it, it just felt good. It felt like we were still going to be able to accomplish things just with that late night text thread. And really, by the time I, you know, was able to get back online the next day, the team was already working on content. You know, Chris was already making sure that the we had what we need, needed from the gallery to be successful. And, Cena, maybe you could talk about, you know, how you came up with the name and why it was important and kind of some of the goals we talked about, you know, on that first initial text thread and how we were able to make that happen really by the end of that first week.
2: Yeah, it did happen really, really fast. Um, uh, I got the idea for the name because when I was in high school, um, there were, you know, a couple of teachers that were moving around or going on trips and it was kind of a new thing that they tried out every now and then to like flip the classroom where they would pre record a video and then you would interact like, you know, with your homework so that when you would go home to work on problems that you had never, you know, worked on in class, you could still kind of get almost like two lessons, like one at school and one at home. So that was kind of where I was thinking, you know, flip the classroom. I was like, well, we could just flip the gallery, you know, I was like, art is such a easy thing to do at home. And especially contemporary art. I mean, if you think about performance art, that can happen anywhere, site specific art that can happen anywhere, you know, painting, drawing, you know, even crafts, like I just kind of, You know, started looking around online and there were already, you know, articles full of like ideas of what to do with your kids at home because that was kind of when schools were starting to close. And I just realized that, you know, it would be super easy to, you know, record an artist or one of the staff members doing a project or doing, you know, reading something and creating activities for people to do at home. So I created a graphic for the whole thing that I made our Facebook banner. Um, and I just built out an Excel spreadsheet that I color coded (laughs) and I basically, you know, figured out how many things needed to plug in each week. And so Monday through Saturday, we're posting, um, content for everyone at home. We have things I make the schedule with kind of the main thing that I'm posting each day. And then, you know, several days a week, I if I find a cool article or if someone, you know, does an activity and sends us a photo, you know, I'll post those things. So some days we'll have three or four posts, but there's always a definite like video or activity or live stream that we're doing every day. And, um, Jessica and I threw together a call for artists and, you know, we sent that out to the board and we shared it online and, you know, we had our first week that we kind of, we took kind of part of the first week to really get all of our ideas together and figure out kind of how we wanted to frame the whole thing, because we also realized that it was going to be weeks and weeks of flipping the gallery, not just like a couple of weeks. because originally we had talked about, you know, oh, the gallery will be closed for like two to three weeks. And then within a couple of days, it was like, no, probably like four to six weeks. And then it just kind of kept snowballing. So we, you know, I figured out like, okay, well, we'll just start with the first, you know, two weeks of content. And then we'll just every week just keep planning ahead. So, you know, the first week we had a scavenger hunt and a bingo activity and we, you know, found, we went through our archival videos and we uploaded, you know, highlight reels from the 24-hour video race from 2015. We had mindful meditation with you. We had a painting lesson with Scott Taylor that was a live stream. So we also, you know, in building out the schedule for each week, kind of wanted to have a good mix of activities, articles, video, live stream, just all kinds of ways that people could interact. Um, and then this week, you know, we have art lessons. Um, tomorrow, Heather's live streaming a concert from her backyard. Um, you know, we're gonna be sharing a whole bunch of art educational videos and doing another live stream art lesson on Saturday. So I think we've kind of fallen into a rhythm where, you know, Thursdays we have archive videos, Saturdays we have live stream lessons, and then, you know, during the week we do a couple of extra art lessons. So we just really want to keep people engaged because I know that a lot of the people that come to the gallery on First Fridays or that are members have families. And I know coming from a huge family too, I'm the oldest of seven. Um, you know, having all those kids, even if they're, you know, kind of older and can entertain themselves, like having so many people at home, you need to kind of take a break from computer screens and iPads and like just do an art project or get creative. And that was kind of where we started off with the bingo activity, which was just a whole bunch of things that you could do at home. And so I feel like that's kind of where I drew my inspiration from. And every day I'm trying to just Post a whole bunch of stuff that I want to do, but also that I think other people would want to do
0: yeah, thank you all so much that's uh, it really is it's it's actually really neat since i have i kind of feel like in some ways I've been along for the ride and been able to see a lot of what you all are doing, but to actually hear the story from the beginning, which I had not heard this is has really helped me to kind of understand as well and really see the big picture. I guess the other question that I would ask as well is that. Uh, In terms of understanding that, you know, being able to have all this content online where people don't necessarily have to get in the car and don't have to walk through the door. And I realize now, because obviously it's not possible. I'm wondering if if either of you or both of you have any thoughts as to maybe how this changes the game in terms of an arts organization and what they can offer the public and how they interact with the public. Uh, If you see maybe any deeper thoughts as far as how, you know, what a difference this might actually make.
1: Well, for us, you know, we historically have, I think we have to give people a reason to come to Living Arts for us to be able to engage with them. And that was what we saw as our opportunity and our challenge, right? We needed people to be there. And then we felt like when they were there, we could cultivate and, and foster a relationship where they would want to come back and they would want to have a bigger relationship with us. Now the priority has shifted where we realize that we not only have access to our incredible um member artists, but really the artist, you know, community as a whole when we go virtual. And if we can be wise stewards of those relationships and really be the conduit for more people to be able to engage with living arts and we don't want to take credit for other people's content. We want to be the vehicle. That's always been part of our mission with our emerging artists, with our performance art, um, with any, you know, any kind of art that we were trying to be in the building. We wanted to, that's why we didn't charge admission for a lot of our events and opportunities. We wanted to remove the barriers. Um, for the artists to be able to share their art and for the individuals to be able to experience something different than they could experience anywhere else. And now that we found a way to do that virtually because we had to, right? We didn't have the opportunity to bring them in the building. I think our priority is going to shift and this is going to continue to be a prong in the relationship we want to have, not only with our Tulsa um, community but with um, a lot a, a community bigger bigger than that and we're so lucky that with our limited resources that this kind of technology is available to us and that we have the skilled employees that were able to very easily provide this um, like Zena said it was important to us that we had content that people could experience in the moment with the artists kind of like Scott and then also um experiences like the podcast you did with destiny that was pre-recorded so people could listen to it and experience that when it fit into their schedules we also have to respect that people are dealing with the emotions of a pandemic and just all the stress that goes along with that so i love that um, our staff provided content that people could really work on on their own without the support of a device just like cena said and the lesson that we've learned is that we don't feel like this is going to have to end these relationships in this way that we're fostering this relationship. I don't really see that it will end. I think if anything, we we will be better because we were forced to do um, and share our mission this way. And perhaps this could just be another layer of the content and the experiences that we're able to provide and a resource for the artists that need a platform to share it. And I, I love that. I think that is one good thing that I will look back on this experience. And I, I am glad that it was kind of forced upon us that we had to figure it out because we were so busy you know, keeping the ship afloat and focusing on what was happening in the building. I, I, It's not that we didn't think this was important, but maybe we took this avenue for granted. Cena. how do you, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I think it just, you know, you only have so many hours in the day and we all had so many things to do that came with being in a physical space of the gallery. You know, it's a little bit easier to plan out a schedule and just, you know, post a whole bunch of things and interact with people online when you're not having to also, you know, sit at the gallery and deal with a whole bunch of other things. It definitely is different, but I think that once we can go back to the gallery, we'll be able to find that balance or we can keep, you know, not necessarily flipping the gallery all week, every week, but we could definitely, you know, keep those certain days, like, oh, that are, you know, art lessons on Saturdays, like, maybe we keep doing Facebook Live art lessons every week, maybe we keep, you know, doing a Living Arts podcast every single Monday, you know, things like that, where we're still interacting and have kind of that schedule and familiarity and routine. I think that's what's really important with a community is just building up that expectation that oh yeah I can you know check in with Living Arts on Thursdays and they'll have like this really cool video or on Saturdays with my kids you know we have lunch and then we go do an art lesson so I think that some of those things we had just honestly hadn't had the time to sit down and like talk through those or plan those out because we were focused on building out our calendar and booking events and doing rentals and I mean those things just take time and they're incredible. And once we're back in this finally keep doing those, it's just, you know, right now, since we don't have those things, we can focus a lot more on getting out content, you know, two to three things every day that we just didn't have time for before.
1: Jeff, and one more thing that I think it might be helpful for people to know um, is that we we have room for more content. So, like we said, um, we want this pandemic to be over as quickly as possible. Don't don't get me wrong; like the sooner that it can, the best. Um, however we We want to have a plan for this virtual content to continue, and we probably are going to be here a little bit longer than we originally expected. And so we want to open up um, this opportunity to artists. whether you're a member or not, this is a great way to start engaging with us. and um Cena and Jessica have the call for art on our social media, on our website. Um, but one thing I want to point out is, you know, during a crisis like this where we're closed, not, not only did we lose a lot of our revenue opportunities, you know, through we rent our building out, you know, we are able to do um, bar sales, which is really helpful for our revenue stream to help us um, underwrite our recurring expenses each month. You know, we lost that, but through very, very, very careful Um, planning and strategies that Sina, Jessica and Chris were able to implement immediately. You know, I'm proud to say that Living Arts is staying true to our funders that have given us grants specifically restricted for education. And while we are so grateful for all of our funders, I'm very proud to say that those grants that were restricted for education, we are not going to have to depend on them for our operational expenses during this crisis and we know we don't say that lightly and we understand we're very i'm just going to say lucky to be in the situation that we can do it Um, we do need help with our operational funding Um, we're going to have to fundraise for those things and it is going to get tight the longer that we're closed but these funders that gave us money for education, we're very proud that we have carved, we have set that money aside, and we are able to pay the artists, our teaching artists that are providing content during Flip the Gallery. It is um, a humble payment, but it is a competitive teaching artist um, rate. And we wanna make it clear that while we're so grateful for everyone that wants to work with us, we do feel like that's an important transaction that needs to happen during this pandemic and we understand that everyone is having to sacrifice and if the small teaching artist rate that we are a you know we already had that built into our budget before the pandemic you know we are just aligning that for this content and um i hope i didn't mix all those words up in a way that people don't understand you know we are grateful for everyone that helps us just like you Jeff you reaching out to us with the opportunity to share our story working with our artists um, but we want to help our, our teaching artists as well so if anybody wants to be a part of this they can apply through that call for art and if it fits into the strategy that we're trying to accomplish and it is is true to you know living arts mission then we want to work with them and not only we want to work with them we want to be able to provide them payment for that um, art. And um, I'm happy that we're able to do that now. We will do it as long as we can. Um, but we we want that to be known that we, we want to try to help other people um, during this time as well. And that's one way that we can do that just through our normal budget um, and strategies.
2: And the application but- online has, you know, different program category ideas. So, you know, like music programs, poetry programs, visual arts, you know, textiles, meditation, yoga. I mean, literally any type of art form you can think of falls under contemporary art. So if you have some specific thing that you want to teach a class on, or you have an idea or anything, I mean, you can apply. It's a Google form. It's on our Facebook. I'll keep sharing it. We you know, have been sending it around, it's in circulation. But I mean, yeah, anyone that has an idea can sign up and, you know, do a live stream or record a video. And, you know, it's it's definitely like Heather said, like it's a hard time right now in terms of like art. You know, it's people aren't getting paid. People are very stressed out and we wanna try to ease some of the artists a little bit and that, you know, we want as much content as they want to give
0: us so thank you all so much I uh, this I, I really am uh, let me see here I may be muted let's you know looks like I'm okay uh, sorry about that I uh, no. I just wanted to thank you all so much for t- you know taking this time to and this is to me is very compelling uh, what you all have shared that you know the the organization itself uh, you know, with your all, with the work that you all are doing and the efforts that you all are making, and the desire to make you know this outreach what it is, uh, it sounds like you all have you know in a very short period of time have transformed uh, that engagement with the community and how Living Arts of Tulsa engages you know with the citizens of Tulsa and beyond. And I just want to honor honor you all and the whole team for uh, the efforts that you've made in that regard and for taking the time today to actually talk about this. I really do. It's, uh, it means a lot and uh, it is, it's very inspiring and it's certainly very encouraging.
1: Well, thank you, Jeff. And we're just so grateful since you walked in our doors a couple months ago and you have just been a bright light and um, such an encourager even before this happened, but especially now. I don't know what we would do without your voice and this vehicle to share how we're trying to pivot as an organization, but also as individuals. So we want to thank you as well.
0: Thanks so much. It was great talking to both of you.
1: Okay, everybody stay well.
0: Thanks.